Ah, yes, friends. On a Wednesday afternoon, where do we even come from with these schedules sometimes? Listen, training camp is getting underway, and that's why OGP One Giant Podcast is back in action. With myself, Adam Marnbrook, joined as always by the healthy, the wealthy, and the wise, Mr. Andrew Makowitz. How are we, sir, on a Wednesday afternoon? It's great. I feel refreshed. You know, sometimes we haven't even had our morning coffee when we're doing show rundowns, usually on a Wednesday. So having one in the afternoon after I've had breakfast and lunch feels a little foreign to me, but I'm in for it because, you know, training camp has started. We got some updates, Adam. That's right. A little siesta. We all took a little siesta and now we're back ready to roll. We are going to get to, of course, it's the New York football giants, big blue getting into training camp, getting underway. And there is, there's some news and notes around this. We're going to cover some other fun topics here because obviously as it gets going, there's not going to be a ton to take away just yet as training camp happens. Suffice to say that this makes it feel like the season is now happening. The season is upon us, right? Decisions are getting made that are going to be relevant, relevant to what we see on the field uh, come September. Let's start there with some quick news and notes around who may, as quickly as they came, some players are are already packing their bags and they've been asked to leave the island. They will not be receiving a rose. Uh, I And you know who you might be talking about? You might be talking about uh, one Kelvin Benjamin, who uh, today, you know, if for people that haven't been following, trying to make the transition to tight end. Um, insert all the jokes here about his weight, which has always been a, a, a challenge um, for getting separation on the outside. Tried to come in and compete in the tight end group. Had familiarity with with uh, um, Dave Gettleman from the you know the time with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I don't know, Adam. Did you see the video of what happened today? They actually released video of, of what went on at training camp. Unable to catch it, unfortunately. But I hear you have you have the the, the proverbial play by play breakdown. Oh, it's 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 kind of bizarre because I don't know if I've really ever seen this before. But basically, Kelvin Benjamin's out there like full pads, and Joe Judge come uh, Joe comes walking over. Dave Gettleman waddles his way over to Kelvin Benjamin, and they talk for like ten minutes. They're just sitting there talking, and then all of a sudden, Kelvin Benjamin takes off his helmet, puts it on the ground, has his head slumped down, and takes a slow walk out of the building. To presumably never be seen from again. It was is, yeah, it's crazy. I've never that seen the, that before. The you know, cue the Charlie Brown music just da, na, 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 as he leaves uh, there. One hundred percent. like have you ever seen that happen? I've never seen usually like they wait till the end of the practice, or it's like before the guy even gets gets his pads on. It's like, hey, listen, here's the situation. He's like out there in pads, stretching and warming up, and they're like, Ooh, not today. Not today, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit weird because I, I was just looking it up to check in on uh, Dan Benton, who was reporting for uh, the Giants coverage uh, online, just said, you know, essentially what you listed there gets out on the field. There's a meeting that goes on and then Benjamin's done. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's you signed a player that you knew. Listen, you're taking a flyer on someone changing positions. Maybe it's a favor, whatever the case may be. You take a flyer on him. He gets out there on the field, and maybe you just instantly know within the first whatever you're looking around and saying, yeah, it isn't going to happen here. We didn't see what we wanted to in this transition. Or, and I just think more realistically, as you start to think about the roster and positions where you know you need depth, you need to see competition, it was just a, it very quickly became a numbers game where the Giants looked at it and said, if we don't make this move what feels like comically quick, we're not going to be able to get another guy into camp, and that's going to pay dividends one way or the other 
at another position. And Benjamin, at best, you were going to be what? A backup, maybe a surprise contributor at some point throughout the season. Yeah, and, and this could maybe even speak to a few other things. And we're all we're pontificating and speculating because he hasn't even been officially released yet, but that's the re- reports that are out there. Art Stapleton and, and other credible sources are basically saying that it's happening. Jordan Renan, uh, all those guys. Shout out friends of the show. Um, what I what I think this is telling is two things. One is that Kyle Rudolph's rehab has to be going pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from his off season surgeries that he had in order for us to be jettisoning, uh, you know, one of our tight ends that we just brought in for a look. So that's, that's number one. And number two is we, we do have Toyolo and, and Caden Smith to compliment Evan Ingram. So, you know, maybe one of them is looking good in practice. It looks like Kyle Rudolph's going to be, you know, healthy going, going into the season, maybe miss the first game or two. Um, I think it just speaks to more about the depth and what they're seeing with the other guys that are familiar with Joe judge and the scheme rather than anything else. And probably worth noting when you have the multiple running backs, you have now multiple fullbacks on the field as well too, right? Like it's, it doesn't have to be the one-to-one at the position, even the wide receiving group, right? It was just saying, if we want to see player X player Y in different situations, we just need the reps out there on the field. So right. Benjamin, we hardly knew you. Uh, unfortunately, I will say not to be uh, glib about it, but that's probably not a great sign for his return to the NFL at a new position because you have to at least be able to showcase something. Maybe he grabs on somewhere else and gets an opportunity. We'll see if the Giants say anything additionally about his attitude, his approach, being physically ready to play, etc. The other piece I think that like, coming into leading into this, well, actually, I just got to get to this real quick here. There is a running back back on the field for the New York football giants clear to play healthy as can be. Are you excited to see this young stud back in uniform for the New York football giants? Oh, and, and which young stud would you be talking about, Adam? Platzgummer, baby. It's our international superstar. Listen, you go over on Twitter. You'll see a lot of people reacting to this. Obviously it's a tongue in cheek about him getting on the field. You've got fans saying, who is this? Fans saying, what are we talking about? Like, you know, where's Saquon Barkley? That's the news we want to hear. Um, Listen, if you follow the podcast, you know that I am a fan of of young players, of guys getting opportunities. And in the vein of Saquon Barkley still, you know, you're going to get to a little bit deeper here in a little bit, but not being out on the field just yet. We've heard the Giants aren't going to push him. Hey, again, this is an opportunity for a kid to be in camp. And maybe when you look across the depth chart and you think about the Corey Clements and then obviously our rookie and Gary Brightwell, push somebody. If you're there and you can show that you're capable of something, there's a chance that you start to maybe ruffle a few feathers and and at least find yourself with an opportunity to be a part of this team throughout training camp. I, I don't know what to expect from him, right? Has professional level experience internationally, even if it ends up being on the practice squad again this year. That's my boy. You know, he's my well, he's my new pet project for the summer. Well, it, it, what's interesting and why he's also uh, stuck around for a bit with the Giants is because he followed the international player pathway, Adam, where yes. we're trying to find more talent abroad. Um, you can see the progression of the NBA with all, all the talent that they have across the globe, not just in the United States. And that's also how you make the game a global game, right? Like the NFL is so you know, U.S. centric and, and, you know, raising the flag and, and, and really patriotism at its best, where it's like, you know, we don't really have that many people from other countries to be able to grow the game internationally in somewhere like Germany or Australia or, you know, London and England. So that's why you'll see a lot of these rugby players and other ones 
you know, from other countries try to latch on because it, it also is a little bit of a marketing situation there. Um, you know, the one thing I will say is uh, these international players don't take up an, uh, an official roster spot too. So they kind of have their own little niche. So that's kind of why they want to grow the game and they don't want them to be a, a casualty of the roster being so thin. Yeah, exactly. Listen, man, this is a guy that gave you a thousand yards and 15 touchdowns internationally in, in his last season. So, uh, you know, what, what, to what degree does that rank among playing NFL level football? I don't know, but he's worth a flyer. And it's nice that the NFL does it in a way that allows teams to carry these players without punishing them, so to speak, taking a chance on someone you, it's hard to get a sense of from afar. That being the case, the other big one I think that I wanted to get to here before we have another is going to be a little, uh, this is a seesaw of serious and light, of, of fun and the real deal. Joe Judge spoke about vaccinations overall coming into camp. And on the one hand, you know, I think you can read between the lines and get a sense of what he would prefer his players to be doing. It's been said now that the Giants coaching staff is 100% vaccinated. So without being able to track down the details of it, that means that Jason Garrett speculated that he wasn't. Sounds like he now is. So they've checked that box if it hadn't been checked already. But from a vaccination standpoint, go between the lines. I think that it's easier for teams around the NFL and the NFL has kind of made it that way, that it's easier for you to not have issues going forward if you're vaccinated. But Joe Judge essentially left it at, these are personal decisions. I'm not here to make them for you. I'm just here to give you what the facts are and what the realities can be going forward if you are or are not vaccinated. If you are, it means X, Y, Z. Obviously, things are a little bit easier to work through. And if not, it means you're going to have to follow certain protocols. It's going to bring up certain restrictions around practice and around preparation for games. And, and that is what it is. Do you, do you get the sense that this is Judge avoiding the direct confrontation of this topic while also sending a fairly clear message? If we, if we think back to how he approached his year one as a head coach, there's a, a bit of a, we're going to have some fun along the way, friends, but this is serious. This is no nonsense. And I don't know if I want to have to worry about what you are or are not doing. You know, Adam, the first thing that I actually thought about was oh man this guy totally totally is from the bill belichick tree right like he totally is there's no way way around it because the way that the way that his thought process was like i'm sure he has an opinion one way or another but when they asked him the question he's like i don't have an opinion one way or another because he's like me sharing my opinion does nothing but alienate people if i just say i don't have an opinion the players association and the nfl agreed to these terms I'm just here to educate people on the terms. He just like removes all emotion and feeling and, and like challenges from this whole thing because he's like, it's a zero, it's, it's a zero like, uh, you know, benefit to me sharing this because I'll alienate even if it's a small percentage one way or the other. So for me, it was, it was pretty simple. He's like, I just tell everybody to follow the rules. Here are the rules and it just educate you. Like if you don't get the vaccination, you're not allowed to go to bars and restaurants in your off days at home. When, when you well, like, if you're not vaccinated, when you're on the road, you're not allowed to leave the hotel. Like you're, you're stuck there. He's like, this is just the reality of what it is. So as long as you understand these things and agree to them, I don't care either way, but like, this is the rules that are in front of us. Yeah, exactly. And, and listen, there's even a little footnote of it. That he said, some players have come up and asked private conversations. What do you think I should do? Right. And again, he sidestepped it by just saying, I'm just here to give you that the factual information. But if we connect the dots of what Joe Judge has chosen to do, my recommendation, if you're asking right. me as a, as a confidant, as your head coach, and maybe as someone that you've grown to trust, 
I might tell you it's going to be a lot easier to get through this season, even just from to what you just said, being able to go around, being able to be out on your off days, et cetera. It's going to be a lot less stressful if you went one way as opposed to the other. Not that I'm saying if you did, dare to. Did you get did you get the Belichick? Did you get the Belichick feeling from his answer or no? Oh, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's very much listen. And there, there's an element to it of it that it's also like, listen, maybe I'm having very in-depth conversations with everybody about this. But you're not gonna know about that. <laughs> but what you're gonna hear when I when you ask me the question on, on a press day, it's gonna be, yeah, you know, listen, I'm providing the guidelines, et cetera. Like I may be having those detailed conversations. And I think that because you have a lot of guys that are coming back from last year's roster as well, base, you know, by and large, folding in a handful of free agents. But these are all guys that got to know Joe Judge last year. You would like to think that there's a level of trust within the building, within the Giants organization of saying, if you want to have an honest conversation, I'm happy to do it. Let's go ahead and we'll have that one in my office. We don't need to worry about it. And guess what? Player X, you don't need to worry about me saying anything to the press about who you are and what you had to say in our conversations. That's between us. I have no problem. Matter of fact, I might even enjoy having some fun with, with the press when it comes to covering these type of topics. So, yeah, I think he gives great coverage to his team and the players, and it, it does give me a sense of confidence around how the Giants are going to be able to handle this throughout the season because in the division, there's already the speculation around what's going to happen with a team like the Washington football team where Ron Rivera is – trying to convince his players what the best ideas may be. They're hovering around 50% apparently in terms of vaccinations. And just objectively, that puts you in a position to potentially have a lot of difficulties throughout the year. Yeah, well, you're 100% right. We won't labor the point on the the whole vaccination thing one way or another. Is noteworthy that Joe Judge just came out and, and ran it right down the middle. But Adam, talking about things that that don't matter on the football field, can we talk a little bit about that fun video game that everyone likes. What's what's it called again? We certainly oh, can. I believe it's called uh, Pat Summerall, right? It's called. Oh Summerall, yeah, Summerall twenty twenty. Chris Berman is that what it's called? No. Oh no, it's it's Madden. It's Madden. That's what it is. Michaels, Michaels, yeah. Michaels twenty two. Is that one of the options there? The the Madden ratings, as we know, are out and about uh, covering all the players. We're gonna get to touch in here in a few minutes to close out some of the pup stuff around the team and who what's happening on the field, but. The weird thing about the Madden rankings, I personally, as I've gotten older, don't necessarily follow it as closely as I once did. And yet NFL players do like these. These things matter to players. What are some of the noteworthy player ratings that have come out across this and player reactions to it? Okay, so I'm going to hit you with some. I appreciate we didn't talk about the exact ratings. Uh, So I'm curious to know if, if you have some guesses on some things. So I don't know if you saw they released the top 10 running backs to no surprise. Saquon Barkley was one of those top 10 running backs in the league as well. Where, where do you think they have Saquon ranked? Six. So they have Saquon ranked seventh. Ah, I was going to say seven. I'm trying to do the quick math in my brain about who's there ahead of them. Right. And, and it, you know, to be honest with you, there's a handful of guys that you're like, okay, obviously with, with, uh, Saquon Hurt, guys like Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, all kind of make sense. Then you kind of fall into the the Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara group. Great. The one surprise, I think, is the one guy that's in front of him, which is Aaron Andrew. Jones. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? But, but, but to me, when healthy, isn't, isn't Saquon have top three talent in that group. Like if 
uh, the only thing that slowed him down was the injury. So to me, it's just surprising that they have him ranked so far down. They have Saquon Barkley ranked as a 90 in, in his overall rating. And they have Christian McCaffrey as a 97. Like when healthy, Saquon is not seven points away from Christian McCaffrey. He's just not. Uh, no, I wouldn't tend to think so. I guess I would. I guess I would put in two factors, like you say. There's the injury approach to it, certainly, and then the one to one with McCaffrey would probably be the the ability to be a pass catcher out of the backfield. Now, Saquon Barkley has showcased that showcased that skill set. So that you know, we're not saying I wish that he could, but McCaffrey has kind of introduced that element of his game. Right, he's become very much the joystick kind of player. I think perceptually, the idea is that. Saquon Barkley is not going to be the same player that he once was. Even McCaffrey, who dealt with his own injuries, I think it was just a matter of when he gets back on the field healthy, he's going to get right back to where he was, not if. Saquon Barkley, I think, is going to have some level of, are you still the player you once were? And I don't know, you know, fair, unfair, maybe not. But when I talk about those guys, listen, Aaron Jones, right? I mean, McCaffrey is very, listen. I, it's hard to argue if you think McCaffrey's better than Saquon Barkley when they're both healthy. It's not as hard with Aaron Jones because I think that's a benefit of the system overall, having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, et cetera. All those little factors come into play. Listen, th this is chip on your shoulder kind of stuff for Saquon Barkley. We've talked about it. He's been, uh, you know, cagey about when he'll be back on the field. But I do think for everything we know about him since the Giants drafted him, the goal is going to be when I step on the field, you're going to see not, not only the same player that I once was, but probably one that's even improved as we highlighted the idea of what can you learn from the north and south running of a Wayne Gallman down the stretch of last season, right? I think he's going to be a different player, and it's going to be for the better. You, you, you know, the funny the funniest quote from training camp is, I think it was Joe Judge that said it, you know what, we're not going to rush Saquon Barkley back, you know? Like, what what's the alternative, Adam? It's like, it's like, we are going to try out that knee as quickly as possible. We're going to make him do crazy cuts to see if it's stable. Like what, what, what's the, what's the alternative to easing someone back in after a major knee injury? You know, I saw Saquon. I said to him, listen, <laughs> listen, Quans, quads. When we hit it, I want to see, give me a wind sprint, full, full gate. I want to see it really stretch those, really stretch those legs. I want to test the, Oh my God. And that's the slow walk off the field for Saquon Barkley, not because he's been released, but because he suffered a crippled injury. Yeah, yeah, there's no, yeah, what is the alter, what's the alternative route? We're, we're going to rush him we're, back we're in the first day of training camp. Yeah, like what are we, we going to do? But let, I think that's a small footnote. I thought that was noteworthy that Saquon is seventh. I expect him to move higher up the list um, as the season goes on if he can show that he's healthy. Um, switching gears to the other side of the ball, they released the top 10 defensive linemen in in Madden and uh they just to put it in perspective they have a completely separate group for edge rushers okay, okay. so all the edge rushers have their own rankings this is defensive linemen down on the line so our boy Leonard Williams where does he fall in the top 10 six trick question he is outside the top 10 defensive linemen in the I league which I found high here yeah. yeah, yeah. eight but ah uh, yes but but they have guys like Kenny Clark um uh, a handful of guys that you've never even heard of, like Michael Pierce. Um, okay. You know, you obviously have guys like Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, Fletcher Cox, all the way up at the top. But this is just another slight of Leonard Williams. Like the guy was an absolute monster. It, you know, pro football focus isn't the be all end all, but the guy had, uh, you know, double digit sacks and he's averaging a 90 in pro football focus. Like what else do you want this guy to do? And he ranks yeah. top 
five to seven in, in, you know, pressures for quarterback getting into the backfield, all hurries, all that different stuff. It doesn't this frustrate you at all? I will say a little bit. Initially, I was going to say, and eh, listen, you know, he's coming off a big sack number year and you start to get some more recognition in that regard, the big contract, et cetera. But at the end of the day, it's, it's the first big year for him. But I'll go back to that year prior when he had come in off of the trade from the Jets and everyone was saying, what did we do? Why did we give up those assets? Well, you know, this guy isn't going to do it. At the time, I was saying, you keep looking for sacks. Start looking at the other things that he does. He occupies double teams. He goes ahead and is effective in the rush and pass pressure game. And I remember going back to the games against Dallas where it was, listen, I know you want that sweet finish of throwing a QB to the ground, but when he gets in and pressures the quarterback and gets Dak Prescott to throw an incompletion, those are effective stats. I, I So I think there's still this give and take about what is it going to be off of that big multi-sack season last year? Holding doubt around those numbers is one thing, but I think over his overall impact, that's a little bit different. And I think that's probably where people are being a little bit dismissive around the type of player he was with the Jets and early with the Giants. No, it wasn't sexy or flashy, but he can be a big component of what your defense is going to do. So yeah, I'll, I'll put it down as a little slight. I mean, if you told me he'd been 10th, I would have said, hey, this is a guy that's emerging and hitting his prime. But the idea of him being 14th or something, listen, there's a bell. There's a little ring-a-ding-ding in the back of the head, as Michael Scott would say. Alarms start going off. Yeah, I mean, well, that's why I wanted to illustrate that they took all the edge rushers out. So you're talking about defensive linemen, guys that line up like with their hand in the ground. And he's not one of the 10 best, which to me is is just shocking. But but go back to the other side of the ball and we'll go back to the offense. I think there's a couple of noteworthy noteworthy things here for our wide receiving group, Adam. Yeah. Talk to me about, talk to me about uh, incoming players and incumbent players, guys that we think of maybe have a lot to prove. And then some guys that have kind of been on this little steady uphill, uh, I, I think ascension as far as what we like from our core. Yeah. So we'll start with Kadarius Tony. They release all the rookie ratings just to incorporate them. Um, while they haven't given all the ratings out of all the different players they have for him, uh, he rated as a 72. And you may say, okay, what does that mean? Right. Yeah. You're like, okay, fine. Until you learn that of all the wide receivers in the first round, Kadarius Tony got the lowest Madden rating of all of them. Does, is that noteworthy to you at all? Is that just kind of like, I don't know, they got to put a number there to start. Like what, what's your take? Well, I mean, I think if you go back and you, and when the giants were there selecting, obviously it was a little surprising that they chose to take him there, at least by NFL standards. Then you go ahead and you want to throw in who else was going to take him. Right. We know his college coach was out there sniffing around it. I, I, I I'm not entirely surprised because I think that Kadarius, Tony, is the kind of player coming out of college that felt like skill set is there, right? The ability is there, but maybe he's one of those guys. Remember, we talked about the upper echelon of wide receivers, and if the Giants should move up for a guy like Devontae Smith you know, to avoid having someone overtake them, and we know they ultimately traded back. But that there was a clear delineation between the upper echelon of wide receivers and then guys that were going to need to prove it. So I, I don't know if I'm blown away by that. I'm trying to pull up real quick here just who else was around when we talk about the back end of the draft. You know, first round. So what did we have? The only other guy would be Rashad Bateman. Now he went late at 27 to the Baltimore Ravens, but the reality is people, you know, he's a guy that had number one capabilities coming out of college. We covered him a lot thinking he'd be a nice fit maybe for the Giants, depending on the way that they wanted to go. And then Kadarius Tony's the guy above him. So that, that's the only other 
first round wide receiver, I can't be blown away that he's the lowest in this list. Yeah, I mean, it, it it tends to make sense given there was only one other wide receiver drafted behind him. So like, okay, you're saying that it was a coin flip. This guy's one point better for whatever reason. Sure, fine. He fills a unique spot for the Giants. So if we like his speed or his agility or whatever it is, um, that maybe Rashad Bateman has a bigger, bigger catch radius and that's what the, the Baltimore Ravens need, then so be it. Fine. Not going to be and more of a pure number one, as they say. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Um, when we talk about one of our guys who who could be a one or a one A that we've talked about before, um, that's Darius Slayton. And Darius Slayton is a little bit upset about his Madden rating, not necessarily for what he is overall, but for his speed. So he's found himself on the top 10 fastest wide receivers list. Um, previously, he is no longer on that list, and he's out there tweeting at Madden and EA Sports like, who do I got to talk to to write this wrong at the moment? And, uh, you know, Twitter's having a blast with it. Well, now that ties into it, though, right? Because I don't have that list in front of me for Madden. Did any of the rookies overtake him in that list? They they did. So, uh, funnily enough, one of, uh, one of the Giants is actually above him on the list of speedsters, and that would be one John Ross, who actually made it as the sixth fastest play, uh, wide receiver in the NFL. So, um, he's on there, but uh, Jalen Waddle and Anthony Schwartz are two guys that just came up that are now top 10 in speed, which essentially bumped Darius Slayton out of that spot. Yeah, that's it, man. I mean, listen, you, you know, well, the funny thing is when you say Ross is on the list, well, that's how you end up getting bumped too. It's because like, but you know, pure speed. So literally, I mean, you're taking everything out of it, right? It's not about it. Is, is he a good wide receiver? Is he going to make a roster? Is he going to get cut in training camp? None of that stuff matters. It's just about pure speed. Now, what I will say is because I think that, as we've said, it's been hard to know and go back to last year. I think it's been hard to remember that Slayton is one of the faster wide receivers in the league because of the limitations of the offensive line and not being able to say, hey, get out and go, right? Not having a number one across from him to take away double coverage and just go, listen, let's see you put these burners on. So I wouldn't be shocked, and I love the fact that he's got a chip on his shoulder about it. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if you see this number next year go the other way because now Darius Slayton is going to be in a lot more of those straight line, blow the top off a of coverage kind of looks, and we may see some big separation catches for him because this year is supposed to be, as we know a better year for this offense. Yeah, agreed. The, the weapons, uh, you know, having someone like Galladay instead of Golden Tate as your number one wide receiver outside certainly will help draw coverage away from guys like Darius Slayton, who we expect to see a little bit more single coverage. Adam, I have one more Madden rating that I saved for the end oh. because I know it's the one that will make you the most angry and the one that'll make you write a, a, a nice, strongly worded letter to the people at, at, at EA Sports. And that Nothing. is the disrespect on your favorite giant pro bowler, Evan Ingram. He does not make the top 10 in terms of tight ends in the league this season. And even more so, I think it's, it's pretty jarring that Evan Ingram was an 88 last year. And this year, the top 10, the, the guy in 10th is Dallas Goddard. He is an 84. So that means that they've dropped at minimum Evan Ingram down five, six, seven points in Madden to not even be a top 10 tight end. I mean, how upset are you at this? And and do we need to go to EA Sports headquarters and and, and pick it? Like, do you have your sign and, and, and your spray paint ready? Like, what are we doing here? 
as I've clearly said, like he's on our team, so I am full Evan Ingram, right? I, I, everyone knows. No, pro Bowler Evan Ingram. You forgot There's Pro Bowler. Full Evan. laundry list of my feelings on Pro Bowler Evan Ingram from last year and from years prior and what I think the Giants should have done. But he's on the squad, so I want him to do well. But guess what? This is exactly what you would expect in whatever, for whatever the Madden rankings are. This is what happens when you drop a bunch of passes and you don't look like a Pro Bowler in spite of getting that accolade last season. The irony dripping all over that accomplishment from last year for Evan Ingram is, is borderline criminal. And this is the exact reason why, because there's other, there's other tight ends throughout this league that performed consistently in multiple phases of the game, by the way, not just catching the ball, which Evan Ingram struggled to do. Right. I like, this is what it is. Like, I hope you turn it on. I hope you find your rhythm. I'm going to be rooting for him all year long. I don't think that he would have been X if you had put him over on the Kansas City Chiefs, as some fans tried to suggest in this offseason. I think he can drop passes wherever you put him. The best quarterbacks in the world, he can drop those balls. But I hope that he improves. I hope it gets better. The pickets stay uh, firmly underneath the bed, rolled up and wrapped in rubber bands. Fair, fair enough. I, I you know, I just find it noteworthy that guys like Mike Gazeki and Dallas Goddard are ranked higher than Evan Ingram because we As always they talk. They should be. Go back well, to last year. They're better. Well, I mean, you know, they're better. Did they, did they both made the Pro Bowl. Did they make the Pro Bowl? Because we're nice. talking about Pro Bowler Evan Ingram. Only thing, Adam, I'm gonna, I, only thing I'm going to pick it is I'm going. I'm going to one giant podcast headquarters and I'm picketing. Andy Makowitz's coverage of this particular topic. We move on from it and close out. Trust me, there'll be plenty of time for this conversation as training camp unfolds. We close out again on just a little bit more of the lighter side of things. Andy, are you ready for the brothers Manning to take center stage over the next three NFL seasons? Are you aware of what is just around the quarter as uh, Eli Manning now reemerges, not just as a face of the New York football giants franchise, but also as a face of the NFL? Yeah, uh, so I in passing heard the the brothers Manning, and I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what's going on. Like, I can take a guess. I kind of have an idea that it'll involve two brothers that have the last name Manning that potentially played football. Does is that sound about right? Announced last week, my friend Peyton and Eli Manning will be hosting a Monday Night Football megacast covering ten games per season over the next three years. It will be airing on ESPN two. They're not replacing the traditional broadcast with Greasy, Levy, uh, Salters, uh, Perry, and Riddick that has been existing there on ESPN. And it'll basically be a little bit different. It's going to kind of be a little more off the cuff. Picture the Oreo battle competitions probably between the brothers in those commercials. But it's going to be a little bit lighter, I would assume. But we're going to get NFL coverage 10 games a season for the next three years from the from the Manning brothers. This is the This is the evolution of Eli Manning. If you think that a young bright-eyed quarterback who had Michael Strahan on his squad did not understand what it meant to market yourself and set up your media contacts before retirement, it just took not too surprisingly, Eli Manning a little bit slower to get to that point in his post-playing career. I, I mean the, the legit I mean this is fun but the, uh, this actually excited me because I think this is the way the broadcasts are going now, getting away from some of the traditional stuff. Let's have a little bit lighter, we'll have a little bit more fun. I mean I've got to assume this is going to be pretty entertaining for ESPN. Yeah, I'm, come on. And the banter between the two brothers, like them being like, I can make that throw. And he, and Peyton's like, you've never made that throw in your life, Eli. And then and then Eli comes back and he's like, uh, have you, did you see your shoulder the last few years in, in Denver? You couldn't, you couldn't throw the ball more than 10 yards. And like just that little like quip back and forth, it will fill 30 seconds while, while everyone's getting back to the line of scrimmage. 
I'm in for that. Like that's all I need to be happy. And, and, and I know it's going to be good. Yeah, I can't wait for it. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some former players that may make appearances, right? Like this is that integration that bridges the gap between traditional broadcasts and then just kind of giving people what they want. And people like the Manning brothers. And frankly, I'm excited to see, you know, I can say that uh, Eli Manning was more accomplished. Whoever dragged Peyton Manning to a second championship is neither here nor there. But I also think that he's better in the joke game. So let's go ahead and see that Ooh. rhythm, right? This is a rat-a-tat-tat. This is a repartee that you have not seen the likes of on the national airwaves. That'll be coming as well. At the end of the day, friends, training camp is just kicking off. We've got players uh, like Matt Pert, who started on the pup list, and Saquon Barkley as well. We're going to see how that unfolds, this general statements and consensus around the league probably, and at least around the New York football giants is – we're just being cautious. We're not rushing anything. Let's tiptoe ourselves into those waters. We'll see what news and notes come out and how position battles start to develop. You can follow us, of course, at One Giant Podcast on social media. Follow and listen. Great. Review the podcast wherever you get those needs fulfilled. And as Andrew Makowitz would want, need, and nay, demand that the people know. As always, let's go Big Blue.